Hey everybody, it's Jeff Antoniak here with the Digging Deeper series. This is video number three, entitled Scales Still Suck. This is part two of our uh, series on Green Dolphin Street. And uh, this whole thing, I've gotten some essentially hate mail from people who love their scales um, and seem to sort of misunderstand what we're doing here or probably didn't even take the time to investigate what we're doing here. And uh, so here's the thing, if, if we want to learn a new way of doing things, a better way of doing things, we have to be open to a paradigm shift, right? If you're learning something brand new for the first time, there's nothing there and you put that new knowledge there. Fabulous. Now for most of us, we have an idea about how something goes or we learned, right? And now we're trying to expand, get to a better place. So here's the thing, when you already know something about something, you essentially have to admit you're wrong or be open to admitting you're wrong to learn a new way, right? And so uh, clearly there's some people that aren't uh, <laughs> interested in doing that and that's totally cool. So here's the thing, you guys out there watching this, you're my favorites, you're like my favorite students. You're the folks that are interested and intrigued and engaged with what we're doing here and you're gonna check out what I'm saying and you're gonna accept it or you're gonna give it a try and you're gonna discard it. That's the way it should be. So that's awesome. Any folks that are new to the video series, welcome. Hope you have a great time here. Um, and hopefully you'll be one of my favorites too. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I tell you what, before we get going, um, I want to mention something. Every once in a while, I may mention an item or a product or something um, on these videos that I use or that's sort of important to me. Now, this, this isn't selling ad space or any of this business. Anything I may mention is something I personally use, I personally love, and I uh, just want to share it with you. And this is one of those items. Have you guys seen this? Read Juvenator. Read Juvenator. I'd seen this thing around online. Some of my students had it. Turns out a friend of mine from Edmonton, Canada, where I'm from, invented this thing. He's a cancer researcher, doctor. He's uh, an avid adult player, really excellent player. And he's really one of the tribe, one of us folks that are trying to get this all this stuff done together. So. Um, this thing works like a charm. I've used every reed holder in the world and I've been using one of the ones that has a humidity pack in it, one of the flat ones, and that worked fine, but something about this one, um, it's, it's really working better. It's straight up working better. I wanted to tell you about it. So if you're interested, if you go to readjuvenate.com, I may have said rejuvenator before, but I'll put the, uh, I'll put the website in the uh, show notes below. So anyway, might be worth checking out if you're a woodwind player. I'm really digging it and getting a lot of mileage out of it. Okay, so let's dig into a little bit more part two of this uh, scale suck business. Now, uh, I got a ton of feedback from people, which I really like. So um, somebody made, well, a number of people made the observation like, well, okay, Jeff, that's all good for you playing with triads. By the way, I'm referring back to uh, video number two, which is Green Dolphin Street Part 1. If you haven't seen that video, you may want to go back and see that. So people made the observation like, man, playing with triads, that sounds shockingly good, but you must admit you're playing with a good tone and good rhythms and, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, to which I say, yeah, thank you for one. I appreciate that. But here's the thing. That's a big part of this exercise. When we limit what we're doing, down to a triad or something like that. When we limit, we've actually got some brain power and bandwidth left 
to think about other things, such as, ta-da, your tone, your time, your feel, and everything else. So that's actually a big part of the, the uh, exercise that people were saying, well, you know, not that I was cheating to play with a good tone, but that's part of the exercise. It allows us to develop that. So once you can do this exercise, say with simple triads, how about thinking about smoke and rhythms? How about thinking about playing with the best sound you know how? So let me just review this idea. I'm just going to play a couple times through the first eight measures of Green Dolphin Street. We're in C concert. I'll just play, I'll just loop that a couple times and playing just with triads. cheated. I added one extra note. So hard to do. Right at the end, I added an extra fourth scale degree. Okay, so I hope you, you thought it was a good tone. I hope I was playing with authority and things like that. Well, dialing this back allows me to do that. If I was trying to practice the most complicated stuff on the edge of my mental and finger technique, I think it's safe to say maybe some of those elements wouldn't have been as strong. That's a big fringe benefit of this exercise. Okay, so the second thing um, I suggested, sort of part two of the exercise, was to play down a half step. And by the way, I've got um, a handout here I'd be happy to send you. All I did is wrote out the triads with a half step below. It's not rocket science, but if it's new to you, I'd be happy to send that to you. So um, some people asked, I, I mentioned last time, play down a half step, not diatonic. I suggested a half step. There's any number of ways to do it. That was just my suggestion. Why do I suggest a half step? Is because going a half step below the chord tone takes us typically, especially the, from the third and the fifth, into a really non-diatonic tone, a lot of tension, a lot of flavor, a lot of energy, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I love that idea of playing a consonant note, playing down a half step and really feeling that rub and getting used to that sound and then sort of going back up to the chord tone. So I like the half step because it gives us a real black and white tension release kind of sound. Sometimes the diatonic one is less so. So let me just play a quick example of that. So now I'm using just triads and a lower neighbor tone. And here's the thing, I'm not going to use a million of them. I'm still going to play melodically. Mostly triads, but the occasional, occasional lower neighbor. some questions as we go along. Okay, um, and so now <laughs> to the hate mail part of it, uh, chord tones. People were, I, I had people that were upset and unsubscribed from me because clearly I don't know what I'm talking about. Charlie Parker and Coltrane and Oscar Peterson and Wes Montgomery all use scales. Well, of course they use scales, right? What I'm suggesting is basing our improvisations on triads. Now, I'm going to go this far. Uh, take a Charlie Parker solo. Count 
Pick any 100 notes you want of a Charlie Parker solo. Then go back and see how many of those notes are one, three, five, or seven. How many of those are chord tones? And I've done this many times, not just with Charlie Parker. And you end up with about 70%, give or take. That's a big generalization, but that's a pretty safe one as far as I'm concerned. If you include the ninth, one, three, five, seven, nine, very typical chord tone for jazz, we're at like 85%. So the point is our heroes did not base their improvising on scales. They based it on chord tones a lot of the time. Now, I'm gonna go on paper on the internet as saying they based it on the chord tones and the arpeggios. Yes, the arpeggios are found in scales, but you're getting it backwards if you say they were improvising with scales. Yes, Charlie Parker would run up and down a scale. Yes, he composed songs with scales. But if you do that little experiment, I think you're gonna be surprised to find a vast majority of chord tones. And this is many players in many eras of jazz too. So, uh, so there we go. So let's just agree I'm right and those guys are wrong. Can we do that? Thank you. <laughs> okay, we're agreed. So I tell you what, um, let's move on. So we started off with triad notes, right? So we reviewed that. We did triad notes with lower neighbor tones, right? And so what I wanna to do today is expand a little bit. Now I hope that you didn't expand over the last week. I hope you stayed there and practiced that a ton. I actually did myself. This was the majority of my practice, what I suggested last week. So now what I wanna to add to that is, is just a very subtle difference. So the next thing is going up to an upper neighbor tone. Again, the triad, right? So if I'm on a C, I'm gonna suggest going up a diatonic note this time. So if you're on a C, you go up to D. So I'm hearing release, tension, release. On the third, I'm gonna go E up to F. On the fifth, I'm gonna go G up the next diatonic note to A. to do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to now improvise for you with the triads with only upper neighbor tones, not lower neighbor tones. All right, here we go. See if I can do it. or twice it's tricky to really really limit like that but that's a really great sound again it's a tension now above one of my favorite ones is the fourth as a tension then resolving down to the third so um, I'm gonna start on the F then play E so the tension release down to the root F E C four three one over the major chord there we go <laughs> It's 
a diatonic note. It's just the fourth, but it has this great pull to the third, at least the way I like to hear it. You may agree, you may disagree. That's totally fine. Um, and now that's a scale note, but I don't know that we would notice that. I sure didn't notice it. I played major scales for years before I started improvising and became sort of hip to that particular sound. The scale didn't get me there. The chord tones with the tensions and releases sort of got me there. So um, that's what I would add now. Okay, so that's, that's sort of the first new assignment, upper neighbor tones. Do that for days, okay? So now here's the next assignment. Don't mix it with the last one because when we start mixing assignments, upper neighbors and lower neighbors and sevenths and everything, it's like chromatic soup and it's gonna sound like mush to begin with if you don't have real control over each of them. So now what I'm gonna do, second assignment you for today, is just play sevenths. So a lot of people were surprised I didn't allow sevenths the first time through. Well, now I am. One, three, five, seven. All right, let's hear uh, some improvising. No neighbor tones, just one, three, five, seven. All right, so yes, I do feel limited. There are plenty of things I'm hearing that I would like to play, but I'm not allowing that right now. So at this point, this is probably pushing ahead for a lot of folks, but if you have the lower neighbors nailed, in other words, you can do 10 times through, no mistakes. Upper neighbors nailed, you can do 10 times through, no mistakes. You can do the seventh chord, no mistakes, cool. So now, actually, if you add up, how many notes is that now? That's like nine or 10 notes, depending if it's a diatonic upper neighbor or whatever. But so we're almost at the chromatic scale. We're literally one or two notes short of playing the chromatic scale. Yet, does it sound random? Does it sound out? Does it sound chromatic, whatever? No, because we've got tension and release built in. So that's really what this exercise is about, is training us to hear tension and release. Okay, so let me do this. So let me just play a couple times through and I'm just going to sort of mix much of it in there. Uh, here we go. from a couple things that didn't quite fit. But at this point, there, you can essentially play all sorts of amazing stuff. And uh, I played some chromatic upper neighbors on the way down. That had a little bit of an exotic flavor or whatever you want to call it. So that's the stuff you're going to experiment with. 
So there we go. That's the scales suck thing. So starting with triads and building from there. And it's shocking how good this stuff sounds. I heard that from so many people this week. So I really encourage you to try it. And again, the better you are as a player, I'm talking about a professional, a semi-professional, a music teacher, a grad student, this is a butt kicker to learn how to edit a little bit, right? And now this stuff can be applied to any song. It doesn't have to be Green Dolphin Street. Um, this is just a perfect standard. And so as you know, each, um, each video, we're going to focus on another song and another technique. So uh, just to stay with, you know, I kind of like getting some of the some of the crabby mail. So uh, the next video that's coming out is going to be based on the song Solar by Miles Davis. And the title of, uh, of the thing is called Jazz is Boring. And I'm going to tell you why I think that's the case or why that can be the case. So I hope I make some people angry. Okay, so if you haven't subscribed to this channel, I really hope you do. All kinds of great stuff coming. This information is always free. I'm just excited to get it out there and get you guys thinking and engaged and intrigued and asking good questions and everything else like that. So um, subscribe to the channel. And this uh, handout, if you're interested in this, it just sort of writes out the chord tones, upper neighbors, lower neighbors. Nothing too fancy, but if that's valuable to you, always feel free to email me for this or any of the other PDFs. And you can get that at jeffantoniak at gmail.com. And this rejuvenate thing, which I'm loving, uh, I'll put the web address down there and, uh, and you know, pick, pick one up. It's, uh, you know, from a, from a good friend and, and he came up with a fabulous product. So there we go. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Take care.